Which former Wild player found the best new home this offseason? We discuss today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. If you are a first-time listener to Lockdown Wild, we welcome you aboard and hope that you stick with us through the rest of the offseason into next season as well. Make sure you take the time to subscribe on YouTube and follow us on your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes throughout the week. If you're an everydayer who tunes in each and every day of the week to this show, we're glad to have you back and hope that you enjoy on today's episode of Locked on Wild, we'll take a look at the former Minnesota Wild players who were free agents this season, uh, off season, and look at which players found the best new homes. We'll take a look at the fits for uh, all of them, including one notable former Wild player who has yet to find a home here this offseason. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and Oscar Sundquist was kind of the finishing touches on the impending Wild free agent class. So no better time to take a look at all of the wild players who signed elsewhere. And while we're at it, let's start with Sunquist, who ended up going to the St. Louis Blues on a one-year deal that was uh, just under a million dollars. It was like 770K, I think, for one season for Sunquist, who gets a chance to go back to the team that he hoisted the Stanley Cup with. And it is interesting because there's been some reaction from Wild fans and so wanted to get to this while it was still fresh as to why the Wild didn't end up matching an offer like that. It was under a million bucks. And so you would think that the Wild would be able to add a guy who did pretty well when he played for the Wild after he was acquired at the trade deadline. Played well when he found his way into the lineup. But that was the problem is he just didn't find his way into the lineup and and wasn't utilized as the season wore on as we got into the uh, the postseason. Uh, just was not a player that Dean Evason put into the lineup on a regular basis. He did play in one game and ironically scored a goal in that uh, in that game. I believe it was game two uh, for Sunquist getting into the lineup. But beyond that, we saw Sam steal a bunch and uh, did not see a bunch of Sunquest, And so I would imagine that one of the factors for Sunquist was going somewhere where he was going to play. The St. Louis Blues are a team in a little bit of a weird spot uh, here as this season gets going. They had a uh, pretty rough year this past year. And uh, so he's going to get an opportunity to go into training camp and try to win a spot. Um, on the roster, but it is ironic that you look at the daily faceoff and their latest uh, in terms of line combinations. Sunquist is not listed among the four lines at this time. Now, there's certainly time for that to change, but I got to feel like Sunquist views the Blues as a better opportunity for him to consistently play because what do we know about 
the Minnesota Wilds head coach, is that players tend to stay on the bench if they find their way there. Um, not a lot of uh, not a lot of tweaking of the lineup, as it were. Um, so my guess is Sunquist just viewed um, the Wild as a, a, a fun opportunity after being traded there, but wanted to uh, to find elsewhere uh, different spots um, in free agency. So that was not the top fit, uh, at least for former Minnesota Wild players, but uh, it is an interesting one because that was kind of the last domino uh, here this offseason as well. Uh, Sam Steele going to the Dallas Stars on a one-year deal. And uh, this is an interesting one as well because we talked a lot about uh, the depth that the Dallas Stars boast during the uh, the postseason series uh, against the Stars. And Steele played predominantly center with the Minnesota Wilds and ended up with a bunch of career highs in goals and points. He, he set a lot of offensive career highs playing amongst the likes of Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello uh, throughout the course of the season. But honestly, I think... Dallas is a good fit for Steele because there's not going to be pressure for him to slot higher in the lineup when he doesn't necessarily profile as one of those guys. He's going to likely be a fourth-line guy for the Stars as uh, Daily Faceoff has him pegged in as uh, left wing for that fourth line with Roddick Foxa and Ty Delandria. So he's going to be a bottom six guy in Dallas. There's going to be zero pressure for him to try to fill top six roles, which is something he just really isn't fit to do. We talked about that when we evaluated Sam Steele's season is that, you know, he is who he is. And it's, you know, I applaud him for trying in those spots. And and certainly when he was on the top line with Kaprizov and Zuccarello, there was a stretch in which he looked really, really good. He also went ice cold for a while. And so I think it's just a really good fit for him in Dallas, because the pressure is not going to be there to, you know, you're playing one C, you better perform like a one C, or you're playing on the second line, you better perform like a second line guy. That pressure is not going to be there. And he's a player that boasts some speed. So he's going to help that Dallas lineup out. But it's just a much more logical fit for him in that lineup, being a bottom six guy as opposed to being just it seemed like there was just some gravity um, in the top six that just kept pulling steel into one of those spots anytime anybody got hurt. So I think that's a good fit for steel as well. And uh, will allow him to be part of what should be one of the best teams in the central division and probably one of the best teams in the Western conference this upcoming season, just with the talent they have now, a big part of the equation for the Dallas Stars is going to be much like where the Minnesota Wild were coming off of last season to this season is the expectation of being able to replicate those career seasons. So there's some pressure on the Stars, but they certainly have the talent to uh, be one of the top teams at the top of the division when all is said and done. So I like the fit for Sunquist, I really like the fit for Sam Steele um, with the Dallas Stars. That's not the top fit, though, and there still are two other players that both went to the same team up 
north of the border that we'll talk about as well. As we continue to evaluate the free agent fits for former Wild players on today's episode of Locked on Wild, after this. Our next partner has a product I use every single day of the week. And I got to be honest with you folks, it is so easy to get into a great healthy habit with AG1. You may be a person that takes a lot of vitamins or supplements in the morning. And you got to take five different bottles, put them all out, make sure you get the right doses. All it takes with AG1 is one delicious scoop, and you're getting benefits of over 75 different vitamins and nutrients to help you start your day on the right foot. I take it before I head out the door for work. Pre-AG1, I used to hit a wall right around the lunch hour. Now I can get through the day without having to worry about crashing at my desk. It is so easy to get yourself in a great habit, and it costs just less than $3 a day, which is cheaper than running through the line at your favorite coffee establishment and grabbing that big venti latte. It's cheaper than that, and it's probably a little better for you too. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Make sure to head to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Get yourself in the right frame of mind and the best energy you can get with AG1 today. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, we'll dive back into the NHL redrafts for you on tomorrow's show. We'll take a look at 2001. And uh, again, first few years of existence for the Minnesota Wild, the picks were pretty good, so we'll see how things turn out as we investigate the NHL redrafts. So getting back to free agent fits for various Minnesota Wild players. We talked about Sam Steele. We talked about Oscar Sundquist. Let's talk about my favorite free agent fit of the offseason. That's Gustav Nyquist with the Nashville Predators. Couldn't say enough good things about what Nyquist brought to this team. He looked great when he played and just was never put in an opportunity higher up in the lineup to be able to help this team out in the way that uh, I think, and a lot of you also agree, that he probably could have during that postseason series. So he heads to the Nashville Predators. And uh, for Nyquist, he got a pretty solid deal as well, as it was um, it was around $3 million per season. So Barry Trotz goes out and gets a uh, skilled forward to put into his top six. And uh, yeah, it was $3.185 million for two seasons for Nyquist. And so... Honestly, that Nashville team is a little bit weird. Uh, they've got a lot of youth on that roster. They brought in some veterans as well. But daily faceoff, Nyquist could find himself on the line with Philip Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly, which you know what that means for me? Points. And so from a production standpoint, Nyquist is in the best opportunity to be a producer for this Nashville Predators team this season. and. Honestly, I just think his game translates. I think if he would have been given that same opportunity for the Minnesota Wilds, it may not have been enough to turn the tide 
against the Dallas Stars in the postseason, but it certainly couldn't have hurt. And so I think that's a great opportunity for him to uh, be put with a pretty solid center in Ryan O'Reilly. And Philip Forsberg is certainly capable on the other end too. So if that ends up being how things played out, it's hard for me to go any other route than the uh, fit for Gustav Nyquist with the Nashville Predators. Now, we did see also Ryan Reeves and John Klingberg both head to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Klingberg got himself a one-year deal worth uh, $4.15 million. Ryan Reeves, a three-year deal worth $1.35 million per season. And so you look as well at some of the reasons that these guys didn't sign, um, re-sign with the Minnesota Wilds, why there wasn't interest per se. I think from the Wild perspective, the hope is that they can fill some of these spots with young players over the next couple of seasons. Um, And for the players looking at the Minnesota Wild perspective, I think they viewed it as the same thing. They want to go to a place in which they're going to be able to consistently play. I think Sam Steele is likely that 13th forward as opposed to being a guy with a spot in the starting lineup. For Nyquist, he's more of a third liner for the Wilds, uh, just based off of how Dean Evison likes to do things. Obviously more of a top six guy in Nashville, so a better opportunity for him there. And Klingberg, at least according to the Daily Faceoff, slotted in as a second-pairing defenseman for Toronto, which is more than the Wild afforded him uh, over the course of the postseason and the end of the year. But if you heard the comments that Michael Russo made, and we alluded to this uh, a few episodes ago, and apologies that I was not able to be more elaborate with it, but um, Michael Russo appearing on the Jeff Merrick show, basically saying that John Klingberg was one of the worst defenders in terms of defensive ability that he's seen in covering this team. And just was essentially consistently in a bad position, which I think makes you appreciate a little bit more what Brock Faber was doing for this team in the postseason, considering that. And so for Toronto, who has a um, a blue line that's not, you know, the the most skilled, he will certainly add offensively, but defensively they're going to need to pair him with somebody that is very very capable and ready to assist when things go wrong and then for Reeves you know he's going to be a fourth liner for Toronto going to add some toughness on the ice and uh, kind of some of that swagger too that that Toronto team it just it seems like they have with the exception of this past season they just have been able to they've been able to sustain success in the regular season but just have never been able to get things to translate when it gets to the postseason so hopefully he's able to instill a little bit of that the money in the term for me i think is what's uh separated what toronto offered and what the wild would have been able to offer three years for a guy who's in his late 30s is that's a that's a tall order uh and so i am perfectly fine with the wild not trying to match that in terms of Klingberg, obviously that money, $4.15 million. It's too pricey for, uh, for what the wild have available. So a lot of these guys, it comes down to fits. It comes down to 
the money that they were offered. And, you know, let's keep in mind as well that there were a lot of one-year deals this offseason, and a lot of guys are waiting for the salary cap to go back up by a handful of million dollars to where there will be more money thrown around uh, come next offseason, in which the Wild will have a little bit to play with. They've got contracts coming off the books with, um, I think, somewhere around 12 or $13 million uh, coming off with Zuccarello, Felino, Flurry, um, all those guys coming off the books next season. So Hartman as well, he's he's around 1.7. So you've got somewhere around 13, 14 million coming off the books next year, which is something that the Wild will be able to use. But for right now, they just they don't have a lot to play with because you're waiting on Gustafson and Duhame's contract is waiting on Gustafson's. I do get the sense that Duhame's deal will get done before arbitration. I'm not as worried about Duhame as I am about Gustafson per se, but I, I do think that they're going to get something done. It's just a matter of making sure that you don't spend the money you don't have. So it, it is interesting that all of those guys found homes without really any problem. There is one player that is uh, a pretty well-renowned former wild defenseman that is still looking for a spot. Plus the guy who started all of this or one of them, he's also looking for a new home. So we'll discuss all that as we finish today's episode of locked on wild. After this, I want to talk a little bit about the wonderful world of bird dogs. When I get home from work, the first thing I do is put on a wonderful pair of bird dog shorts. And let me tell you what sets them apart from the rest of the industry. Bird dogs not only make you look good, but they're made of stretch khaki that are designed to fit slimmer through the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as some of those big name brands such as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit much much better than your standard stiff khakis that are made of that restricting cotton. They fixed the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. You can wear these shorts for anything. When you're on the go, lounging around the house, working out, going on a hike, you name it, bird dogs can give you that amazing comfort every single scenario you can think of. So do yourself a favor, head to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. And when you enter the promo code locked on NHL, you are going to get one of these free Yeti style tumblers with your first order. Again, head to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. Grab yourself one pair better yet get two because I can guarantee when you put these bird dogs on, you are not going to want to take them off. Final segment of today's episode of Lockdown Wild. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, make sure that you tune in tomorrow as we dive into the 2001 NHL draft and see what has changed courtesy of NHL.com's redraft series. Matt Dumba is still on the free agent market. Has not signed with anybody. There were rumors that Dallas could be interested. I hypothesized that the Arizona Coyotes should be absolutely interested in doing with Dumba what they did 
with Jason Zucker because a team that is still kind of on the way up has a long way to go to get to where they want to get to. They should be trying to get as many players as they can on one-year deals. And then when they fall out of it at the trade deadline, they should be selling those assets off in rapid succession and getting draft picks back. But it hasn't happened as of yet because I think what we're finding out is that teams are way more aware of what is going on, what we saw, they saw. And so for as good of a finish as Matt Dumba had to his season in the final few months, looking like a a guy who has finally found the ability to play on defense and just being more responsible with what he was doing, but also throwing his body around uh, back to kind of his prime form is is nice. It's one thing. But I think the thing that is really giving teams pause is something that we have seen over the last few seasons. Ever since Dumbo was injured in that fight, the offensive ability just is not there. And the shot numbers, the shooting percentage, the velocity on the slap shot from Dumba, they just all continue to decrease every single season. And for a guy who was not a defensive defenseman to begin with, if you're not really adding much value offensively, what what are you getting? So I think there is just a lot of pause from other NHL teams because you're just not getting the same guy you did before. And so are you really going to throw money into a guy like that? Or are you going to maybe roll the dice on a youngster who could give you some upside and could grow and learn? That's the thing with Dumba too, where he's at in his career is you're not going to have, you're not going to have this resurgence. If Dumba plays well, it's going to be what he was doing the final few months of the season. It's not going to be that the offense just all of a sudden came back. It's going to be because he, he ups it on the defensive end. And so the other thing too, that we've seen quite a bit over his entire career is a lot of teams look at that pairing with him and Brodeen and wonder to themselves, that's a lot of Jonas Brodeen doing all that, isn't it? So I think there just is a pause to read too much into what Dumba did down the stretch last season without fully taking into account what happened at the beginning of the year. Let's keep in mind, Dumba was benched during the season And so that guy still exists. That player is still there, despite what he did at the end of the season. So will he sign? I would be shocked at this point if he doesn't. But it is telling that at this point in free agency, with a lot of the prominent names gone, it is telling that he is still one of the names on that list. Now, we'll see how that plays out, but... I do find it interesting that another one of the names 
is one of the guys that put us in this situation to begin with. Zach Parisi is on the free agent list. He's mulling retirement. Shout out to Jesse Pierce of the Bar Down Beauties podcast. Had an article for NHL.com in which uh, a couple of Parisi's teammates giving him a little space. They'd love to have him back on the Islanders, but giving him the space to start to think about retirement. And thanks to Gary Bettman, even if, even if we erase everything that has happened since Zach Parise and Ryan Suter were bought out, even if they were still on the team, Parise has to get through this season and next season. Otherwise, the cap recapture penalty rears its ugly head. So, your what whatever your stance on the buyouts is, Zach Parise would have had to play if he was still on the team. If he hadn't been bought out, he would have had to play this year and next year in order to not have the Wild get killed by the cap recapture. So interesting that he's at that point. Now, again, there's a lot of debate as to why you have to buy out both? Why couldn't it have been one or the other? But again, it just goes to show you how long of a time frame 13 years is and that the real bad guy in all of this is Gary Bettman in the NHL for deciding after those contracts have been signed, let's change the verbiage. Let's try to do something so that these contracts don't get signed again. Thanks, Gary. But again, going back to all of this, I, I'm really excited to see what Gustav Nyquist does with the Nashville Predators. I think the Reeves and Klingberg signings with Toronto are fine veteran moves. Wonder on the defensive end what Klingberg's going to be able to do there. And I like the fit for Steele and Dallas and Nyquist, uh, Sunquist, I should say, in St. Louis. But those guys all went and got what the Wild were not going to be able to provide them, which was money playing time, and or both. So we kind of knew this going in, that this was largely going to be the wild team that we get going into the season, and turns out nothing has changed. So we will see how things go. Again, we're keeping an eye on the Brandon Duhame and Philip Gustafson situations before their arbitration hearings. We'll continue to monitor, and when those deals are signed, we'll, of course, break it down for you here at Lockdown Wild. So do yourself a favor and make sure that you're subscribed to Lockdown Wild on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out when news breaks because Lockdown Wild has you covered every single step of the way. We have new episodes for you every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.